co-founder and CEO of Afresh, which uses its artificial intelligence-powered app on iPads to work with fresh produce managers and managers of other fresh departments to better manage inventory and ordering to minimize waste and maximize profit. Albertsons is the latest of several retailers that have signed on to use this service. This company transformed the technology traditionally used for more shelf-stable products, or CPG found in the center of the store to help fresh produce and other fresh foods catch up. After all, the perimeter of the store is the showpiece and often is the competitive factor in the most successful retailers. Of course, there's so much more to it than that. Let's hear the details straight from Matt. Hey, Matt. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into some of the the key things about uh, a fresh and a big deal that that your company did with Albertsons to use your AI or artificial intelligence platform. Um, let's just learn a little bit more about you and tell me a little bit about why you started this company. Absolutely. And thanks again for having me. It's, it's really fun to talk about the company and some of our recent news. For me personally, the thread that ties my career together is a desire for impact. And that's what brought me to food. I believe that food, more so than any other industry, shapes the health of our planet and the health of people. And my work in food, I ran operations at a CPG company, started my own snack food brand, and studied food and agriculture at Stanford, all along getting my MBA, led me to believe that fresh food, the stuff on the perimeter of a grocery store, was the most strategic and the place where all the focus was headed over time. At the same time, though, I observed that all of the critical technology built for retailers across functions like inventory management, merchandising, store operations, supply chain, and more, was built first from the center store and stuff that had a box and had a barcode and last forever. And this gap, as a result, left retailers with really tough challenges. How do you manage fresh food without technology? It relies then on really uh, kind of the the sophistication and the hard work of store employees to use their judgment and workflows to try to do what they can to make the best decisions in that context. And we found that while there are really incredible results, there was so much incremental upside and opportunity in the form of reducing food waste, increasing in-stock rate, increasing freshness, and making those store teams even more effective at what they do. And so that was the thesis behind Afresh. The future of food is fresh. The technology was all built for the CPG center store. If we could instead build fresh food first technologies, we could massively reduce food waste and multiply the profitability of retailers and really delight customers that are looking for the freshest, best offering that retailers have to offer. Seems they went with the easier side first because it's not as perishable. Such delicate nature of the perimeter of the store. It's it's a whole nother ballgame. What so, we observed was that the kind of incumbent technology companies for retail had built their system one size fits all for electronics or clothing or general merchandise or even like car parts, anything that comes into a box and has a barcode. And it made sense for them to do that because then you could cover all of these different industries. But fresh is its own kind of differentiated thing. And so we said, let's focus there. When did you start focusing there? 
So this company started out of Stanford and mm -hmm. the thesis we had was that Fresh was the future, Fresh was differentiated. And we interviewed over a hundred companies in the fresh food supply chain, looking for inefficiencies in areas to build our first intervention. And so it was there at Stanford in 2017 that we observed that across the industry, store ordering in produce was one of the most broken areas, but also one of the most foundational for a retailer because the store order ends up driving the distribution center level order and it drives the company-wide procurement decisions and it drives the planning of the grower and distributors. And it also connects to merchandising like space allocation, pricing, promotions, markdowns, and more. And so we centered in on that because of the relative lack of technology that was available there and how foundational it is to the rest of the supply chain and the retail functions with the vision then of nailing that problem, scaling around the rest of the perimeter and expanding across the supply chain and across different retail functions with our technology. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ironic that what is usually the showpiece of a retail store gets gets this kind of attention last. Right. It's something that deeply resonates with me and some of the initial uh, retailers we worked with, the folks there, they kind of would say, why are these tools not built for us? <laughs> you know, this we are the strategic part. And I think historically, a lot of the most talented folks in retail, obviously, there's a lot of talent everywhere, but they would get pulled to the fresh departments because of the complexity of those areas. And I think historically, fresh was a minority of sales. And the CPG companies had more of the margins. Mm. And so the technology investment kind of followed the sales and followed the CPG margins. And that drove that investment in the center store. But what's happened now as retailer, you know, Amazon bought Whole Foods and retailers have really begun to realize they differentiate more in fresh and all the center store stuff is more commoditized. They've realized that they have to, have to invest in fresh to win in the 21st century. And so now we're seeing this motivation to buy and use fresh first technology, which is a category of technology that we're really championing at the fresh. Now let's take a five minute break and hear from Stimilt Growers based in Wenatchee, Washington. We're gonna hear about how they have a partnership with Equitable Food Initiative and learn a little bit more about how you can have ethical, responsible labor practices in your company. Hello, I'm Kristen Dinsmore, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Today, I am here with Brianna Schimmels of Stimilt Growers, and we're going to discuss the Equitable Food Initiative certification of its entire operation. Good morning, Brianna. Hi, Kristen. It's always so good to talk to you, and I'm really excited to hear about your EFI certification. Can you tell us a little bit about Stimilt's interest in obtaining an EFI certification? Yeah, Simil has been on a journey over the past several years to introduce to our employees its existence, which is to cultivate people and delight consumers through excellence and make sure that they understand what our values are as a company and our cultural norms so that they can live those to the best of their abilities every day. EFI provides a lot of great workplace training for teams throughout different functions of the operation. But it's also on things like communication and problem solving and 
the real soft skills that people need today to work together collaboratively and solve problems. So the marriage of building out our culture and EFI and what they stand for was a good one. And please tell me, how does it feel to be the first apple, pear, and cherry company to achieve full certification? You must be so proud. Oh, I'm definitely proud. And I can't take any credit because it was all the work of, you know, other teams. So we often have a saying that if you're not first, you're last. (laughs) And so we're excited about being first in line for this. But I think what's more exciting is the value that it brings to our stimilters, as we call our team. It really shows that the company's invested in them and their well-being and as well as their future development. I love that term, stimilters. <laughs> when did you guys begin working towards certification? It started back in 2019. We did a pilot at our Quincy, Washington orchard operations. After that proved successful, the Quincy operation actually went on to become fully certified in 2020. And then that's when we decided we're going to make sure that it becomes a part of all of our company-owned orchard operations, as well as our warehouse locations. So we achieved that milestone in August 2021. So can you describe that process of receiving the first certification at your Quincy Washington orchard and then receiving full certification of your entire operation less than a year later? Yes, it requires several training sessions. And we ended up having three people go through a train-the-trainer program so that they could train our team on those standards. In the end, we had over 100 people that went through EFI training and multiple leadership teams throughout the operation working on identifying a problem and building a solution to eventually implement into that specific work area. And I have to ask, how did the pandemic affect your efforts? It definitely threw some curveballs into it. Training had to be done differently. We obviously had to make sure that safety standards were followed. The great thing about our stimulators is that they don't let those types of barriers stand in their way. And so we were able to do what we needed to do within the EFI certification and training and do it in a safe way. Yeah. What do you think receiving full EFI certifications says to your clients and to your consumers? First off, it's really the way that we're going to build upon what we're trying to do at Stimelt, and that is to cultivate people and delight consumers with our world-famous fruit. So we really feel like if you have people that understand their role and understand that the company is supportive of them, that they're going to come to work each day to grow great-tasting fruit. So that's what we're really working towards. The retailer and the consumer should also know that when they purchase from Stemelt, that they're purchasing fruit that hasn't only been grown for flavor, but it's been grown in a responsible way where we're taking care of our employees and ensuring their well-being and future development. Brianna, thank you so much for sharing all about your EFI certification. I love speaking to you about Stemelt, and we cannot wait to hear about Stemelt's next accomplishment. This is Kristen Dinsmore at the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Well, that was an inspiring bit from Stemilk. Something to think about when we look at our own companies. Now let's get back to Matt from Afresh. Can you explain how your AI platform works? 
and what it looks like in practical terms? Our AI system, the first product, is a store-level ordering tool for produce. And it covers the entire produce department. So any item that's ordered in the produce department, be it fruits, vegetables, even like the juices or croutons, whatever the produce manager might be responsible for ordering, are going to be ordered by our system. And the goal of the system is to optimize the sales and minimize shrink. And specifically, what that looks like in practice is we want a full shelf and an empty cooler or back room when the next truck comes in. Um, and obviously, with some margin understood for error and making sure we keep the, the shelves stocked to delight our customers. That results in faster turns, fresher products, lower shrink, higher sales, and also less tough labor if you think about how hard it is to rotate a full back room versus an empty cooler. So that's the goal of the system. Now, that's what the incumbent technologies have been saying that they can do for 30 years now as well but not actually delivering against. And so the critical aspect for us is that when you pop the hood open on our system, it's designed radically differently. I can talk about this in a, in a million different ways, but one example of this is that we're not reliant on a perpetual inventory system. We're actually able to use artificial intelligence combined with the workflow of a produce manager in the store to override the need for a perpetual inventory and to drive accurate ordering without that. In practice, I can describe a little bit of like what that looks like for the produce manager physically in the store, but I'll pause there first. Would you say perpetual inventory? Is that what you said? That's right. What, yes. what is that? So perpetual inventory, if you think about, I'll take actually just one step back. Um, and then please, thank you for, for asking because I can, I can tend to get into a little bit of technical jargon or some of these specific systems. But if you think about how a store would determine what is the right number of avocados to order today. There's a number of things that goes into it. One of them is how many avocados do I have right now? Another one is what's my projection of how many avocados I'm going to sell over a period of time? And then there's an order calculus that would say, based on how much I have now, how much I think I'll sell, how much do I need? Which could then also be determined by when's the next truck coming in? What is the holding power of the shelf? Like, what does a full display of avocados mean in the number of cases? How big is a case? How perishable is the product? And a number of different things like this. So what it's about, a very multi. Yeah, go ahead. What about what did I sell at this time last year? Kind of thing. Or the that, yeah, you're spot on. That would really influence the demand forecast to help you understand how much you're you're gonna sell. That's so part of the how much do I expect to sell. Spot on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so I think what people approaching this problem historically did is they said, let me solve the demand forecast, which is really hard to do in fresh because you've got items that are sold by weight, they're on promotion. The cherries just came on this year for the first week. And is that varietal growing nice? Is it good or uh, is it not? Uh, is it going to be a bumper season or not? There's a lot of different questions like that that are extremely hard to predict in addition to promotional effects and more. So that's a hard challenge in and of itself. But what was often overlooked was this notion of inventory. And so you asked what perpetual inventory is. Perpetual inventory was the traditional way by which retailers would try to understand digitally how many avocados are in the store. And the way that those systems would work is they would say, I, 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 have, I did my period ending inventory cycle count 
I've got 10 avocados today. I shipped in 10 on this last truck, so that should be 20. I sold five, so I should have 15 left. And that is my how my perpetual inventory system works. The challenges in avocados is that they're going bad and being thrown out, and they're tough to track weights because what are you going to do? Drag a scale around and weigh them out as they go if they're sold that way. And that's actually something that retailers have tried doing before to solve this problem. Um, the cash register self checkout, you might ring it out as conventional when it's really organic because you're trying to, you know, the customers. Uh, rounding a little bit of dollars there to save some money or the cash register makes a mistake. Um, you could ship a 20 pound case of them, but there's only 19 pounds in them. The list goes on and on and on. And all of that in turn makes that perpetual inventory radically inaccurate and fresh. And so just understanding how many avocados are there is a really unsolved problem in the industry. And so it sounds simple, but I think any retailer who's who's worked in produce understands the profound challenge of that. And so what we've done is build a system that doesn't rely on those perpetual inventory systems that really struggle in fresh food. So how does the artificial intelligence work? So what we've done is built a system where the AI teams up with the store teams. We don't believe in fully automating away the process. We want to make it more efficient and automate what we can. But at the end of the day, we believe that nobody knows better than the produce manager who has his or her boots on the ground and has visibility into product and maybe some of the events and merchandising that could be happening that are unknown in the digital system. At the same time, we want to empower them with AI to make better decisions where they can. So what we do in practice is we use artificial intelligence to take that same problem of inventory and use a better guess. We basically say, we think you have between eight and 12 avocados in the store. And when that range gets too wide, let's say it's now zero to 20, we're not sure. Then we might ask the produce manager to do exactly what they do today on pen and paper instead of on a fresh, is do a spot check of how many avocados are there for a subset of the items. And then the demand forecast and order optimization kicks in with the AI that then generates a profit-maximizing, waste-minimizing order for every item. So the big difference is that we built this workflow to really accommodate the existing uh, workflow of produce managers in stores and other fresh department managers so that they could be maximally effective teaming up with the system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, an, an app on the phone or something? Or... It's a, it's an app on an iPad, so you know just like just like an app on a on a, an iPad that's used by the first manager. And the cool thing about it is like, oh, an iPad sounds like that's expensive, but an iPad is actually like far cheaper, uh, multiplicatively cheaper than like a Telzon gun or some of these uh, mobile devices that retailers might be buying. And increasingly, they're being used for a number of different mechanisms in the store. Um, but yeah, it's it's effectively if you're uh, if you can send a text on your on your cell phone, you can write an order. Uh, on our app, and it needs to be on a like a little bigger screen so that you can see. Or is that why it's it's on? An, can it be on a tablet if people don't use Apple? Um, we're as of right now uh, looking into extensibility of this into other platforms. What we've seen from our retailers is that they really love Apple 
I do. Um, and uh, we've, <laughs> we all do. And the reason is, is because of the user experience. And there's so many things that we've done over time. Like, for example, we have something that's a little, it's a little feature, but it makes a big deal to 10% of the produce managers out there, which is we have left-handed mode in our system, which enables, we kind of have like a number pad that's persistently on the right, like kind of like on the keyboard, the numbers are on the right. So that they can move fast, that mm-hmm. shifts to the left, and it sounds like a really trivial, small change, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely delightful for the people that are left-handed. And so there are things like this that, in theory, you could do on other systems, but this is such a intensive process by which people in stores are doing these really tough jobs. And so our philosophy is let's give them the very best tools to be effective, and that in turn it transforms into absolutely transformational financial impact. Um, and, and, and metric impact. And so, because the order at the end of the day at the store influences every critical metric for the entire chain. So obviously you formed your company based on solving a problem. Um, so, uh, wondering a little bit more about the problem. I'm sure you have numbers about waste and shrink at, of fresh produce at retail supermarkets um yeah can i dive into what what they're dealing with or what we're dealing with right now so waste is definitely a huge problem and over a third of the food that we grow around the world is thrown away and 40 percent of that waste happens at retail now grocers particularly are more efficient than that at overall so in produce we typically see shrink kind of in the six to eight percent Best-in-class retailers can do even better. They can be lower. Um, but that still means that if a grocer is doing a billion dollars of produce sales, they're throwing away 60 to $80 million worth of product, which is bad for the planet. And if you imagine mm. the net margins in the business, if you make just a small dent in that, you can have transformative impact. Now, the, the classic trade-off, which is the flip side, is that retailers have thought about shrink and out-of-stocks as a whack-a-mole game for decades, where you would say, Cut your shrink, cut your shrink, stores would under order and then sales would go down because the shelves aren't full and they're not in stock. And then the, the reverse of that would happen too. So the key is how do you reduce shrink while also driving higher sales? And savvy retailers will tell you that the way to do that is to focus on inventory turns and getting the product moving through the store faster. And what a really good order does is it maximizes the product that's on the shelf and drives an empty back room. So you get faster turns, which in turn means you have fresher product, higher sales, lower shrink, and it causes this virtuous cycle where you're driving more customers into the store, they're happier, sales are going up, shrink is down. And that is the goal of uh, the overall problem. So so there's that multi-hundred billion dollar food waste problem. And then there's this uh, also multi-hundred billion, if not trillion dollar out of stock and lost sales problem. They lately. jointly are, are are really interconnected. Yeah, and, and even more exacerbated lately with all the supply chain and labor challenges that we have now. So that's out of stock even before the recent uh, shortages that we've been talking about all over. Um, it, it's always been worse than shrink? Uh, it, it's, it's different. So shrink more directly impacts the bottom line because of you when you buy... 60 million extra dollars of bananas, that's all just extra cost of goods sold you could avoid. If you drive 3% higher sales on a billion, that would be 30 million of incremental sales, but only a, you know, 
depending on the gross margin of the retailer, 70% of that would be, or so, sorry, like 30%, depending on how it flows through, would be actually improved profit for the, for the retailer, gross margin dollars. So it depends a little bit on the financial calculus. But we see that shrink, um, maybe the absolute number of shrink dollars is bigger than the absolute amount of dollar sales lost. But the margin impact of reducing shrink can be bigger in the immediate term. But grocers really want higher sales because what they want to be doing is driving more volume in the stores, winning customer loyalty. Because at the end of the day, if you have zero shrink, but you're not increasing your sales, then you're, you're not going to be in business. So um, both are very important. I think on the relative magnitude, but yes, out of, out of stocks were still a huge problem even prior to COVID. There are some studies showing that there's a trillion dollars of lost sales retail. Um, that's just not just fresh and grocery, but it's a massive number that are coming from uh, being out of stock. Okay. Um, so explain what, what's going on with, with the Fresh and, and Albertsons. We had a really exciting year in 2021, and we're rolling out our system and our AI Fresh operating system chain-wide with Albertsons after a successful pilot last year. Congratulations. Yes, we're extremely excited about it. It's a huge deal for both of our companies. We believe that it's going to have a really incredible impact together on some of those metrics that we were talking about during this conversation. And Albertsons is an incredibly innovative company. They've been in investing in technology and driving transformative change and really being the best in fresh. And so we're really excited to take this leader in the industry and help them become ever better and fresh and empower their teams to win in those strategic categories across all you know over 2000 of their stores so you did like a like a beta kind of thing uh last year a uh, trial run with with how many stores or that that's correct i can't get into the specific details of all of it but it was a enough stores and then over a period of time covering their whole produce department where they felt really confident with the transformative impact that we could have on their business. Great. Is that the first major grocery retailer that that you've done? We've publicly announced also deals with substantial large regional players in the US. So Fresh Time Market, Imans and Winco were the first that we um, partnered with and have rolled out chain wide with and have uh, announced. And then last year, we also grew beyond just Albertsons, uh, publicizing our deals with grocers like Save Mart and Bashes and Cub and New Seasons Market. Oh, yeah, a lot. Talking about sustainability a lot. A lot of the answers to sustaining businesses, sustaining the earth, sustaining people, being more high tech in a sustainably conscious way. How, what do you think about how different companies is maybe especially at the retail level for suppliers and buyers and, and stores, how they can use technology. I know a lot of it is involves change and a lot of it involves a lot of upfront money um, investment. How do you convince yes. companies that have been around a long time, especially in our industry, but the closer we get to the source, you know, it's, it's yeah. based on tradition, you know, ultimately, yeah. U ultimately to make, large organizations make substantial change, they need to be incentivized to do it. And another way of saying that is there needs to be ROI. And so our approach has been, let's build solutions that drive efficiency and fresh food that create massive profitability improvements for our customers. And we believe that adopting a fresh 
is the single most transformative thing that a retailer can do to transform the profitability of their fresh departments. And it so happens to be the case that there's no gap between the profit impact we make and uh, the sustainability impact that we make, both in reducing shrink, but also at the end of the day, we have a growing population around the world. We have a fixed amount of arable land. Uh, climate changes are impacting yields. And we have to figure out ways to drive more food to and nutritious food to the mouths who need it. And that's the really hard work that retailers and suppliers are doing across the food industry every day. And so what technology and tools can do is drive efficiency, like I talked about. And efficiency manifests in the form of profit, but it also means you can do, like the essence of efficiency is doing more with less. And that is what sustainability is also, is how do you sustain our world with a less amount of resources to go into doing that? And so my deep belief is that there's a naturally aligned set of incentives to enable these businesses to scale solutions like a fresh to have that sustainability impact. But the thing that will really drive them to do it fast and do it at scale is going to be when it transforms the profitability as well. That makes sense. Business. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> at the end of the day, that, it does boil down to that. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, I would say we, we are incredibly excited as a business to be growing at the pace at which we are growing. We think that the announcement with Albertsons obviously is a game-changing deal for us and for Albertsons, but we're excited to continue. We talked a lot about produce today. Our products are now standing across the rest of fresh categories and moving up the supply chain as well. So there's an incredible opportunity for a company like ours to grow and partner with other retailers in the industry and increasingly growers and distributors and other constituents in the food supply chain. And we're tremendously excited and hopeful about what the future will bring. Our aspiration is to eliminate food waste and make fresh food accessible to all. And we think that technology like this can help us get there. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have been on uh, this interview and this conversation with you and your interest in us. And I would love if folks are interested for them to, to reach out um, and start a conversation with us at a fresh. Um, and if folks are looking to join us too, to do that too, we're, we're growing a lot as an organization. Um, but otherwise just really grateful, um, for, for being able to have the conversation. Thank you. Oh, so you're, ex you're looking, or you already are expanding, at, to say the meat, whole, you know, all the different meat department, dairy, all, all the perimeter and then, as well as earlier in the supply chain. Okay. Correct. That's all the so, different ways. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't give specific timing on, on various dates, but, um, but yes, retailers that are working with us have actually committed or in some cases are already using, um, early versions of systems built for the rest of the perimeter. And then our aspiration as a company is to grow across the entire supply chain, um, to get to the distribution center level, which is just as challenging as the store level yeah. and fresh. Um, in addition to helping grocers and retailers partner with the suppliers and growers and distributors that give them these products as well. We think that there's just a ton of opportunity to drive transformative change and fresh across the industry. Hey everyone, that wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear on this Tip of the Iceberg podcast, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, rate us, and type out a quick review on whatever platform you use to listen to Tip of the Iceberg. 
Don't forget to enjoy our earlier episodes. Last week, I talked with Shay Myers on the glitches in freight and distribution delays that are affecting retail, plus social media's importance to the industry. And the week before, I chat with Mike Mowdy of Executolytics on how the Toronto area's produce retail market is managing these days. And we'll have more of those great conversations from the industry each week. Thank you so much for your support. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. Have a wonderful week.